Welcome everyone, you are listening to the I Am A Sparching Podcast with your host, Scott Knowles. Enjoy the show, it will probably suck. Scott the Fane Knowles, and you're listening to another episode of I'm a Spartan OCR podcast. On today's episode, I have an awesome interview with uh, Chad Hoke, and he, he tells us about his uh, latest experience at Tough Mudder East, or I guess it's Toughest Mudder East, where he uh, went into a mud pit and cut open his leg pretty bad and he tells us all about it and tell us about how he got into OCR and everything. It's a good interview. It's, it goes kind of longer than most of my interviews, but uh, I think you'll enjoy it. Here it goes. Hey, Chad. What's up, man? How you doing today, brother? Hey, doing doing better than I was a couple weeks ago. <laughs> I heard that. I heard that, man. Before we get all into what happened to you at Tough Mudder, man, let's just get a little bit of background on you, man, and how badass you are at running OCR, man. How did you get started in it? Well, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, no, I, uh, it's funny. When I graduated high school, I was, uh, I was a linebacker and a fullback. I was 215 pounds, just under six feet. Whoa. And, uh, I could squat, yeah, I could squat about 600, uh, pounds, uh, any day of the week. So, um, it was a big transition becoming a runner. Dude, have you got a picture of you at that big on your Facebook page somewhere? I've got to find that. <laughs> no, I don't think I do. I don't, I don't think I do. I probably have like some high school stuff. I could get one from the from like my uh, my yearbook, I guess. Dude, you got to do I a transformation funny, funny, Tuesday. <laughs> funny haircuts. Uh, it was like uh, I think Bill and Ted's excellent adventure kind of boring. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Bill and Ted's was cool back then, though, man. Yeah, yeah, they were the stuff back then. I'm kind of sporting um, something like that now. <laughs> oh, yeah, I am. <laughs> it's almost like a monk. Yeah. Um, but yeah <laughs> the 2013 was my first Spartan race. That was, uh, I got I got hip to it by, through social media, I guess, Facebook. Um, they had the Spartan race in Wintergreen, and I was like, oh, that looks fun, you know. And so I went down there and volunteered, and then uh, I had kind of a bum ankle, and I was just cheering everybody on all day long. So by 2 o'clock, when it came time for me to run the volunteer thing, I was like, oh, I'm doing this. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I about died. Uh, <laughs> so your first race was Wintergreen? Yeah. Oh, man, that was baptism by fire right there. Yeah, so um, I, my quadriceps just completely stopped working for me, the, that last uh, barbed wire crawl up the hill there, and then I just kind of dragged my legs across the finish line eventually, making it. Um, and so 15 minutes uh, after the race, you know, I'm just talking to myself, why in the world would anybody do this? <laughs> and then uh, it, it didn't take me but a few moments later to say, I've got to do better next year. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it's, uh, it's from that point on, I guess, I, I was really into it. Um, I started running a mile a day. And uh, I said, you know, I can commit to a mile a day. Yeah. And then uh, I did that. And then I ran my second winter green race and did a whole lot better. And then uh, the next year, 2015, my wife said, hey, why don't you do that trifecta thing? 
right. So I started running 20 minutes a day. And then uh, I went to Fort Bragg, and I, I ran that race and just came to the end of it and said, what in the world was this? Oh, it was a Spartan race. Yeah, that was and, easier, uh, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Flat. But I ran into uh, Scott Giltner. Uh, he was wearing a kilt back then, and uh, uh, JP Jean-Pierre. And they both uh, were encouraging me uh, to run uh, Elite. Like, oh, man, there's no way. I, I can't. I can't compete with those guys. It's like, well, we do. You know, you're good. You, you know, it'll push you. Like, are you serious? So, huh. the next year, I decided to, after the trifecta year, uh, 2016, I ran, I started for 28 races. Holy crap. <laughs> Drank the Kool-Aid, and that was it. That yeah. was it. Um, so, I started running all kinds of programming then. Started working on running form. Started working on heavy carries, started working on, you know, um, pull-ups. Uh, when I first started Spartan, I could barely do two pull-ups. Wow. And, um, and now I have this amazing grip um, for days. I uh, just did an American Ninja Warrior thing uh, out in Mike Cook's place uh, oh, last yeah. month. Um, and so it's good to, like, program those things into your year to sign up for them and do them because they force you to have to train for them. Right, and that makes you, you know, I always like looking at my weaknesses, and then just focusing on those weaknesses. It's like I'm going to do this you know, until I get it down. Right. Um, so then, my obvious weakness, biggest weakness, was running, and so the next year I signed up for a 50k, and so um, actually my my 2016 year, it was funny, a very funny scenario. Um, a, a wonderful scenario in which Wintergreen ended up being my first coin. Wow. It was the weekend before Tahoe. It was a Sunday race. So it was the very last race of the very last weekend that you could qualify. And then me, Andy Shiley, and Richie Hilton all qualified. That's where I first met those guys uh, for Tahoe there. I think and, I was uh, at that race, but I didn't race Sunday. I only raced Saturday. You yep. said it was 2016? Um, yep, yep, yep. yep. It was 2016. Last year it was at Winter. Uh, my wife said, hey, you know, you've been running all these races. Either you qualified, you should go to Tahoe. I'm like, are you serious? I've never been on the other coast. I've never, you know, traveled outside of just, you know, a few states on the East Coast. And, um, and so she said, yes, I should go. And I, you know, better listen to the wife. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I went, I went out there and um, I got to meet uh, a bunch of house guests, uh, which was fantastic. Um, Brandon Martin and then uh, uh, ran into Jason uh, Brandon, who's just a ducky, my buddy now. Uh, yeah, he and I are are, are just uh, teammates. We, we decided to come up with a team insane. Yeah, um, <laughs> that was from um, uh, a water boy. There's yeah, a wrestler on there. That's right. <laughs> Tahoe's insane. Yeah. I've never been there, but just yeah, all the stories um, and the elevation and all. It was all, an it experience dealing with elevation. Yeah, I, I had a lot of people tell me horror stories. Um, I'd say the biggest thing that most people have a reaction to is the water, because it's, it's cold up on that mountain, and you oh, hit that man. water, and you're just shivering, and you got to keep moving. 
just got to keep moving. I saw people my first year in the field position afterwards. I'm cold. I'm like, dude, you're not going to make it. You got to get up and move. (laughs) So, but yeah, that was, that was an experience and a half. Um, this last year when I went to Tahoe in 17, um, well, that was great too because I qualified my very first race in Charlotte. Wow! I was so stoked. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I, I I got my coin in my first race in 2017. I mean, so you know, it felt like work was paying off. Right. You know, all the hard work was was really showing up, and I've been I've been getting a lot of top tens uh, ever since, and that's just been it's, it feels so good. Oh, man, I'm um, and sure. this year I was tasting podium oh, so close um and so uh but yeah yeah it's, it's been a whole lot of hard work um 2017 i did um did this my first 50k and then i did a hurricane heat 12 and then a hurricane heat and just rugged maniac terrain race whatever i could do just filling up the schedule what'd you think about and, the 12 hour uh, hurricane heat the hurricane heat was fun. Um, I got to meet a couple of really young kids, um, uh, Claire Lukang and uh, Noah Rutherford. Um, yeah. And and these kids are just really phenomenal um, athletes. Um, I also got to meet uh, just a whole lot of really cool people involved in the Spartan race. It's, it's a whole different, I mean, it's, it's a whole different thing in and of itself. Right. Um, the not only the hurricane heat, but the hurricane heat 12 hour and the death race and things like that. It's just, it's, you know, it's just a whole different mindset. Oh yeah. Um, which, you know, there's a big mindset difference between types of racers anyway. Like, so your elite racer, they're just tunnel vision. Just, you know, I've got to get from A to B as fast as possible. That's all you're thinking about. Um, and then, you know, we do fun laps. Yep. And some people might hate that I call it a fun lap, but, but you know, fun laps, like, we'll, we'll go back out on the course again <laughs> train. and, you know, play around and, um, and just have fun. And I do a lot of those with people who are doing their first time races or people that, you know, never train. Yeah. And, um, I'm just out there walking through it with them. It's, it's a lot of fun. And for them, that's like their first winter green kind of thing. Yeah. Even if it's just a sprint. Um, and it's one of the things I love about this community about OCR in general, it's just anybody who has the grit, a little bit of willpower, and some form of physicality can come out and do it. Oh, yeah. Um, you don't even have to be super fit. You just need to be able to walk. Right. <laughs> and then you'll know, be able to get down and get back up to do burpees. Um, and so that's really great that it's just all-encompassing. But um, the community at OCR is probably the reason why I've committed and stayed um, so much into it. Right. Um, you see it change people's lives, uh, people who have dealt with addictions, people who have dealt with weight issues, people who have dealt with all sorts of gamut of, of, of problems or, um, you know, obstacles. And um, I'll tell you, when I did my first race and at Wintergreen, it was... I tell people this all the time. It was beyond physical. Yes. You reach you reach a point where the physical aspect is just gone, and it's completely mental and and and, and almost metaphysical. Like it was a spiritual experience. It was it was you know something very visceral. Right. Just down to the very carnal level of who we are as being humans and being alive and and grasping for 
some of it's endorphins, some of it's the adrenaline, but um, it's, it's very much tapping into just what it means to breathe every day and, and, and to be here on this earth. And yeah, and, and that, having that mentality to, to not quit, you know, and to keep going no matter what. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I guess would segue us perfectly into uh, <laughs> my first uh, toughest mutter experience. <laughs> so, um, you, uh, you did your, you did, this was your first tough mutter that you did, period. You'd never, have you ever done a tough mutter? I did, well, I did one, because I wanted to prepare for, so, last year Spartan introduced the, uh, or, or introduced the schedule on, like, all their championship races running off, off the coast. Yeah. <laughs> and then Tough Mudder introduced that they were doing, the competitive uh, series. World's Toughest in Atlanta, and I was like, oh, well, let me try that out. Yeah. And so I went to Richmond and did the tougher, um, which I heard I, I've been told wasn't the best course to go on. But I went there to see TMX the day before, right. and that was fantastic. Actually, I, I might be competing in that next year because that just that was phenomenal. And then um, so I did the tougher there, and I did two laps of that, which was twenty miles, uh, just to kind of get an idea of what it's like to run their races. Yeah. Um, and so then I went up. I think I ended up seventh in that race. Oh, wow. That's um, pretty good. I got beat by Ian Hosick, who's just phenomenal. Oh, racer, yeah. He's and, uh, Robert Killian, uh, Peter Divas, who runs like, a, I think he's a 31, 32-minute 10K. Yeah, <laughs> wow. Um, he always beats me at the uh, rugged um, maniac race in Bridgman. So, anyway. Um, so, yeah, I didn't do too bad. That was my first uh, my first uh, rugged, or my first uh, tough modern. Well, that's tougher, a, that's, that's pretty good, man, getting seventh with all those people there, too. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, so that was my first um, uh, Tough Mudder. And then my uh, my next Tough uh, Mudder race was the toughest in Boston, in Charleston. That was what, um, they called that East, it. right? Wasn't that East, the East race? East, yeah, yeah, yeah tough they, mudder, they labeled tough, it East. Yeah. The toughest east in Boston. Uh, this is Charlton, I guess. What um, Massachusetts, uh, which is a bit of a trek for me. It's about twelve, thirteen hours. Up, oh wow, that um, was a good trek. And all. Um, I guess I should preface this with like last year at Tahoe, I started doing this thing where I run. I'll run the Ultra Beast and the Beast <laughs> on the weekends where they have those. Yeah. And so Tahoe, Tahoe was a real experience for me. Um, this last year, I, I decided to live it all up, and I went uh, with um, some buddies, uh, Troy King and, and Lefty. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we went to um, Mount Tallis, which is like 9,000-plus feet in elevation. It was a long trip. We didn't expect it to be quite that <laughs> much of a, uh, of a hike uh, two days before the race. Oh, man, y'all did that and before then, the race? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, um, but it was worth it. It was so the pictures are gorgeous, and uh, this being up there was it was really nice. The snow and everything, it was phenomenal. I bet it was. Um, cool. So anyway, I, I hit the race and I do pretty well uh, on race day. Um, now these are the best in the world. Oh yeah, um, it, it's always tough to compete in that at that level. Um, and then the second day we went out to run an ultra beast. I was running at a great pace. Um, 
and got around the second uh, the second lap, which was it was about a 19 mile course. It was a two mile incline. Oh yeah, I remember that killer incline. The first yeah, the first two miles, and then the last two, well, the last four miles is another two miles straight up. Wow. Anyway, um, they uh, started on my second loop, and I just started dying. It, it was like I had one lung, and I, I read later it was uh, altitude-induced asthma, which can happen if you're doing a lot of activity uh, at a higher altitude. Huh. And, uh, it's yeah, I didn't know that was a thing, so I had to stop and take a nap. <laughs> you took a nap in the middle of the race? Hey, man, just, just go on. And he was like, are you sure? Are you serious? I was like, yeah, I'm serious. I'm, I just, my body's telling me I need to sleep. I'm just taking a nap. So I did. I took a 15-minute nap, and then I ended up taking, like, two or three more naps during it. I still ended up finishing, like, 40th or 50th or something. Hey, that's pretty um, good, taking a nap yeah, in the race, too. It was, at that point, I was just like, I just I just got to get to the end. But I was, I was, by the time I got about, I guess, halfway through that that uh, second 19 miles um i started feeling my legs again and started rolling so but um so i guess my point in that is is you know the tenacity and uh, uh the getter doneness or the, the fortitude it takes to just persevere and push on you you keep reaching new levels as you as you try yourself were you like sore yeah, you, when you went you into the ultra beast after running the beast saturday were you like the ankles sore and? No, 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 no. Um, I, well, see, because that's—I guess that's part of the point. Like, I've—I've I've been smart and wise. I'm not getting any younger. I'm 37 now, um, and so I was hit to the fact that I needed to gradually increase my mileage. Yeah. Uh, since I started this thing, I mean, I started doing a mile a day, and then I did 20 minutes a day, and so I've kept that same kind of model. Um, of, of gradually increasing things and gradually applying. And that's smart. kept me from all injuries. For a, you know, it's been great. Uh, I've been injury-free. And, um, and so that uh, my ankles are great. I do a lot of barefoot running. Right. Um, and I do a lot of running in the grass on the side of the road and stuff like that um, and to keep, you know, ankle manipulation and tendons strong and, and everything else, uh, um, I do all that stuff uh, on purpose uh, to make sure that that you know I have strong joints and can maintain that. But yeah, it's 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 all about being gradual about it and being smart. Um, so yeah, it, it was really phenomenal the next day to to go back out for the Ultra Beast and and have virtually no muscle soreness whatsoever. That's um, that's impressive. Direct. Directly after the, the beast, though, I went over to the, they had a little pond there. We all sat in the pond water for 15 minutes or so. It helps cool the muscles down and keep inflammation down. Yeah, I did uh, that after my first 50K. We went and got in a, a river that was flowing into a lake, and that's exactly what we did. It feels great. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, this year I've already run two 50Ks. Um, in fact, before my first 50K this year, I went out the weekend before and ran 32 miles on a Saturday just to get ready for the my first 50K. <laughs> wow. Um, this last December, I went out, and a lot of people were doing a 5K a day kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, I, I ran nine miles. And then the second day, I ran nine miles. And then the third day, I said, yeah, I can do this again. 
And I said, you know, I, I bet I could do this for 30 days. And I decided to do that because I've broken my year up into seasons. Yeah. And so my winter, like once December hits, there aren't a lot of OCR races. So I decided to train for a 50K or a long endurance race. Right. And the first time somebody told me about a 50K, I just thought, well, what in the world is that? That sounds like a long way. <laughs> <laughs> And there's no obstacles or anything. You're just running, <laughs> and so um, that was that was a, a real mental feat to get over um, to be able to just run and run and run. And um, so yeah, I mean, there's so much mental game involved, um, and then you have to prepare your body. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's been it's been a fun journey. Um, I've learned a whole lot about health, uh, a lot about nutrition. Uh, diet's a very important thing. Oh, yeah. Um, that's my, that's yeah. always my constant struggle. Oh, yeah. Well, it's 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 tough, and it's such an easy thing to not do right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's such an easy thing to, to, you know, walk in the store and just buy stuff that you, you want to eat. Exactly. But it's not your story. <laughs> like, and hey, a lot of stuff is cheaper, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's it's yeah. totally cheaper to eat horrible. That's what's so mm-hmm. bad about it. As you go and, because I'll go to work and be like, man, I've just paid $7 for a salad. I could have got a large Little Caesars pizza for five bucks, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you, know, you could buy a three liter soda and probably have enough calories to last you half the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for a dollar. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's. I always look at it as, um, you know, this is this is part of my, this is part of my investment plan for my future. Right. You know, um, I, I invest some money in, in stocks and all, but you know, I always look at the food I'm eating, and and things that I'm going to buy for my nutrients. Um, as you know, I I, I want to enjoy it, but I also want to make sure that I'm buying things that that are an investment in me, right. um, and my and my future. So um, that's a good way to look at it, I guess. That, you know, hmm. uh, your health, your health plan and your investment is, is in the things that you're putting in your body now. Hmm. Um, so yeah. Hmm. That's pretty cool. Um, so as far as you're talking about nutrition, when you did uh, uh, Toughest Mudder, how what was your nutrition like for your laps there? Um, for the actual race. Yeah. Um, it wasn't much. Um, I had, I had some tailwind, um, which is just a, a powder based, um, mix that you, you're probably familiar with it. Oh yeah. Uh, it's a powder based, yeah. Um, sugar, uh, that you put in, you know, water. Um, and then I had a couple of gel packs and like, a a bar, um, some kind of a bar. I don't know if it was, uh, so the Lara bar or something like that, uh, a little something different. So you just drank all that tailwind when you'd come in every lap, or were you just ca- or were you carrying no, like I was a pack? Carrying, I had a I had a vest on, right? Um, and then I just had two little. Um, I think they were probably twelve ounce, mm-hmm. probably twelve ounce uh, little containers, and um, and I switched. I guess I think at, I think at the third lap. Um, I probably switched out and then just filled uh, one of my 12 ounces with another thing of tailwind, and then I just drank water the rest of it. Um, honestly, 
for something like, so I ended up doing 30 miles at that race, which was six laps. That was all I needed for the contention. And since I uh, destroyed my leg in the first couple of miles, um, yeah, I just wanted to get that in (laughs) and kind of call it it a day. I don't blame you. Um, So, but the, honestly, the the real nutrition um, prep is before the race. Right. So what a, what you're eating during the race or taking in during the race is just to kind of maintain. Um, but if you've done enough prep before for something like 30 miles, if you've trained your body up to that, you, you really don't need much. Right. Uh, in the way of the nutrients. Yeah. It sounded um, like you had the mileage down pat like already. It wasn't, it actually was pretty cold. I mean, it was cool. So it wasn't a hot day where you're sweating a lot and, 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 and uh, having to hydrate and nutrient a lot anyway. Right. So what did you eat? What did you eat the day day of the race? Because the race started at was it twelve o'clock? Yeah. So it started at at, at twelve uh, a.m. Uh, Sunday morning to right at midnight. Um, they, they kick it off. Uh, that was a real interesting thing in and of itself. I guess it's more of a mind game kind of thing to do that. Um, I was smart about that, and I got me about three or four hours of sleep in that evening that way you wouldn't have to take any naps during the race right (laughs) (laughs) yeah well um i would think that the adrenaline would kind of keep you going anyway oh yeah but it's still smart to get a good a good kind of rim cycle in if you can before you go out um so i just kind of planned it that way and so around um four thirty five o'clock i think I, i went i just took a a long sleep and ended up waking up around 9 30 10 so oh that's perfect that was, man yeah it was perfect is exactly what i needed so um uh ended up eating that was that was that kind of made it hard to to eat right though because like you're used to so i run so many spartan races it's like the same formula every time right <laughs> It's always just the kind of the same thing because you know you're going to be racing at seven o'clock in the morning yeah. the day, and that's it. And um, and so I had to kind of change things around a little bit, but it worked out just fine. Uh, so that morning I ate you know, a bunch of waffle pancakes and omelet and, and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like you just want to get your you know your carbs up uh, to burn through them and having a fat. Um, okay so i know absolutely diddly squat about you know how the in and the in and outs of a tough mutter how does like their registration and like their venue and the in the festival area how does that all compare to like a spartan race you know like like what advice would you give to somebody who was you know signing up for their first toughest you know well um Definitely, definitely buy your parking pass online. I've, I've run into that twice now where I've been, uh, I've had to pay the, the full price. I think it was $25. Holy <laughs> shit. The, yeah, there's no shuttle or anything. You just park there and walk in. And I was like, man. And people complain um, about Spartans parking prices. Oh, yeah. <laughs> people flip out about the $10 at Spartan and they give you shuttles. <laughs> I'm like, oh, we're nuts. Um, so... 
I'm working on this insurance thing. I don't know what's going to happen. I've sent them an email and seen what they come back with. Spartan has a $14 insurance thing that I pay for every raise. Right. And I know that, that um, there's an assurance there uh, of having something like that, and um, and I'm not finding anything <laughs> so far on Tough Mudder, and I haven't heard back from them yet hmm. um, about my issue that, that I ran into at their raise. Um, but we're going to see how all that unfolds. Um, you might want to purchase personal insurance, which I, I found out you can do. Huh, I didn't know that. For, yeah, apparently for like five bucks or so, you can you can buy like special insurance to go and do an event like this. Huh. I was like, hmm, that's interesting. What company gives that? that means I could do... I wonder if that means I could get like a cheaper price on personal insurance for a day like that and get Spartan to just waive the fourteen. I could pay my my five or my ten. Yeah, ten bucks <laughs> saved. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of raises. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I haven't researched who does that. I just read that that was a thing. Uh, so I was like, hmm, interesting. But, so. Um, is their registration like kind of the same way as Spartan? You know, everybody lines up, you show them a barcode. Yeah. Uh, Spartan's really nice. They've, they've gotten really smart about, uh, you know, you just show your ID and you just sign the little pad this year. It's been great. <laughs> yeah. So nice. Um, with Tough Mudder, that, um, it's somewhat similar. That They don't have a big open spread and you just kind of go to, they have everything broken into like name categories. Right. Uh, like, uh, so it's alphabetical, uh, yeah. you know, A through B or something like that, last name, getting one line, go down. Um, when I registered for my tougher mutter, I accidentally went into the line for the tough mutter, uh. and they gave me everything for the tough mutter, and I had to go through some steps to get them to get me onto the tougher mutter. <laughs> no, that sucks. It's a good thing you got but, that early. Um, Pay attention to what line you're in for the race that you're in. Hmm. So, but yeah, it was, um, they also do the registration, not kind of in-house, they use active.com. Yeah. Um, so you'll have multiple emails for your event, but the one active is going to have the actual barcode on it. Right. So is there festival area and all kind of like the same deal, just a different, different color? <laughs> it's similar they've got yeah I mean they've got different uh, vendors obviously um, their their venue areas for the, the last two events I've been in have been um, you know a bit smaller uh, they seem to have fewer you know kind of things going on there and all but um, you know it, it's very similar my wife would give you a different story about right. all this because she actually spent all the time at the tougher in the venue oh she, she, and, um, she pitted and, for you well, there was no there was no pitting at tougher. Oh, really? I didn't really need pitting at the, uh, the, the toughest either. But um, anyway, she uh, her her response was, "Man, they just don't seem to be very active or excited about people running at this race." <laughs> <laughs> so she's used to having a lot more uh, colorful characters and and uh, a lot more excitement around the events. Right. And uh, yeah, the obstacles hmm. um, than what she witnessed at the, at the Tougher Modern. Huh. But I think their whole, I mean, their whole shtick kind of from the beginning has been kind of like, you know, friends helping friends. Busy. And so the competitive edge of things has, always, has not been their, their line anyway. Right. Um, 
and so I came. You know, I'm I'm a super nice guy, and I I, I will uh, hug you and, and help you through anything you need. But when we're racing, yeah, it's um, different. I'm just, yeah, I'm winning. <laughs> That's my goal. <laughs> so, well, you're always um, like five yeah, minutes ahead of me when we're in the same heat. So. Um, but I'm, I'm not going to slow down. Hmm. Um, so it's a different feel, you know. Um, and, and they have stuff, too. Like when you're running, like when we ran the toughest, there there are certain events that you have to have help with. Oh, like, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So there are some things that you just cannot do independently. Um, so the toughest was an interesting event uh, for another reason. When you when you launch out, they um, won't they won't open up all the elements. So they won't open up all of the uh, obstacles at first. It's up to the purview of the race director right. when they start opening up certain uh, obstacles. That's kind of neat. Yeah, um, that so is that cool. Keeps it interesting because it makes the laps different from one another. Yeah, yeah. Um, it also uh, can kind of shake things up because you'll have people that are coming out gunning, yeah. and then they'll die back. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I didn't know how that was going to unfold. Um, I took off uh, my first lap, and um, at, at Mud Mile 2.0 is when it all went down. Um, I, in the third mud pit on the left-hand side, I came into the water there and in my second step in I jammed my leg right into this jagged shard of two by four. I didn't know what it was at the time. It just hurt. Right. And um, I got I got to the end of it and looked down and I had this kind of one inch squarish hole in my leg and all I could see was the, the fatty tissue. Yeah. And I just said, Oh crap, that I don't even want to think about that and so I just kept rolling. <laughs> and so I did my first um, my, my first uh, five miles uh, lap, and then I just you know kept on going. Ran my second through, and I was I was trying to keep in the I was at the top I was in the top ten at the time. Wow! And um, so I was trying to maintain that, that but I didn't know when they were going to start opening obstacles. Mm-hmm. And uh, I heard some people talking as we were getting to different things. So they'll probably open them up on the third lap. So. Um, after my second lap, I went ahead and stopped in the med tent, had them flush the wound out. Oh, so they uh, did. Okay, so they, that's cool. That was one of my questions I was going to ask you. Would they let you go to the med tent and not say, you know, you know how they Spartan is have, if you, you get medical help? Yeah. Yeah, you have 30 minutes uh, in the med tent. Uh, and I spent maybe five minutes in there. I mean, I came in and I was like, hey, I need this, 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 and this. And they all just kind of stared at me. Oh, and nice. One woman said, are you okay with that? And she said, uh, I guess so. And so. <laughs> <laughs> Went ahead and wrapped it up. and said, it's never going to hold. And I said, no, I just need tape on the top and the bottom. And, at least, yeah, and it did. It held the whole time. <laughs> um, and uh, so that was it was different. But anyway, I finished. I, I, I kept plugging through. By the, by the time I was near the end of my third lap, yeah, I really started feeling it. I was just like, oh, it was man, throbbing pretty sucking. good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was, I could tell that it was changing my gait. It was changing everything about the way I was running. Mm. Uh, it was just kind of irritating me. And so I went ahead and finished um, my my sixth lap, my 30 miles, uh, before 6 a.m. Uh, and just called it quits then. Um, and then I went into the med tent and I was like, hey, can we go ahead and wrap it up now? And I'm going to get out and watch my buddies race. Because I was just, you know, I had a 
several people there I was friends with and just wanted to see him come in and do well and cheer him on. And uh, I'd already got my 30, so that was good. Was there any point during the race where you thought, maybe I should stop because of this cut on my leg? <laughs> nah, 30 miles, that was when I was going to stop. Right. <laughs> I guess once you, I mean, once you're in that mindset, like once I showed up to the start line, it was going to take, a, and I, I thought about that a little bit since, like what would it take? What would it take for me to just say, you know what, I think it's probably stop. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe bleeding that wouldn't stop bleeding. Right. Or, you know, um, maybe a cranial injury or something like that. Um, I don't know, maybe a bone break. Yeah, oh, um, yeah. If it was just a finger break, I probably would keep going. Right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, it begs that question. Um, my wife and my mom uh, were both in the camp of, you know, you kept running and pumping that stuff all through your body. Yeah. And the surgeon said, eh, that didn't do anything. It's as if anything, you were providing fresh blood to the area and keeping it clean. Right. <laughs> running. I said, thank you. Can I get that in writing? <laughs> so, um, anyway, so 30, I, I just said, you know, that, that mental focus. When I came in, she wanted to sew me up uh, in that tent. And I should have red flagged that and just gone to the hospital. Right. Um, but they they scrubbed on it with stuff and um, uh, sprayed it out with saline. Yeah. The first two times, it just kind of sprayed all over the place. And it's like, I think you need to push it on there real good. They were real timid to do anything. They were afraid they were going to hurt me. I'm like, look, I just ran 30 miles of this. I'm good. Huh. You're not going to hurt me. I've got adrenaline and endorphins and everything else. You know, you could chop it off, but I probably wouldn't feel it much. Yeah. The next day is <laughs> when it would have hurt. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, it, it, it did. <laughs> so when did you realize that, hey, something's not right, and I better go get this looked at? Well, so I stuck around there, um, got to see everybody finish, um, and then uh, they had donuts. It was a, a, a local place uh, uh, that was promoting their had donuts and coffee. That was life saving. It was fantastic. That is awesome. Uh, yeah, and so uh, that was wonderful. And then uh, got all my stuff together and sent my buys and, and uh, took pictures. Uh, got to see people uh, who I'd been running with in the earlier part of the race. You know, uh, get uh, get podium. And so that was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and then I headed home, started heading back. Actually, I was uh, stopping in Allentown uh, to stay with, uh, or Bethlehem to stay with my buddy, uh, Jason. And then um, went back there and, and uh, stopped on the way to the CVS and got a tetanus shot. So that's a thing. Yeah. You just stop in and get a tetanus shot. Right. My insurance covered it free. So I was like, cool. Yeah. Um, and then got back to his place and I started getting the shakes and covered up and just, you know, it was an agony. I knew that my body was fighting infection at that point. Uh, so we went and grabbed some, a bite to eat, went over to an urgent care place. And then um, the urgent care place to give me a shot of recessin, uh, which is this thing that's sticking your butt and give you the needle, you know. And, yeah. Um, the antibiotic. And then they gave me uh, oral antibiotics and a moxicillin. And um, she cut two of the stitches open to let it drain. Um, and she could see the redness and the swelling around it. And uh, the the next morning, uh, I took the, the, the oral antibiotic, and I, I felt a little better uh, that morning. I said, well, it's 
there off the road, just started feeling real fatigue. So I pulled over and took a nap. I woke up just covered in sweat and looked down at my leg, and I had this bright red burning line that ran Ooh. all over my groin. It was into my lymphatic system. Ooh. And uh, I was just like, this is not good. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> at that point, I started, you know, I, I punched in hospital on my phone and it said, no data network available. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so I started driving toward the closest town and um, I finally get, you know, hospital. And I pull up next to the place to, uh, you know, uh, healthcare and I look to the left and it's an eye center. And I was like, it's not the same thing. <laughs> 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 I'm, at this point, I'm just like, all right, 911. I'm like, hello, can you tell me where a hospital is? And, um, she's like, I can send an ambulance to you. And I was like, well, no, okay, no. But can you tell me where the hospital is? It's probably faster. And she's like, well, I can send an ambulance. And she said, where are you? And I said, I'll find it, I'll find it. And I hung up, and I started driving around and looking still, and I was, I was getting real anxious then. Yeah. Very nervous. And, and I, said, I was like, I called her back. Like, all right, where are you at? <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> I'm at Skill Hill Hill. Wait, wait, wait a second. I'm at first and third. That's <laughs> pulled the next road. And um, they showed up. I sat there for a few minutes. They showed up. And um, I, I was pulling my piano trailer because I delivered a piano on the way up. And that's what I do for a living. Hmm. And um, letting a volunteer teach. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I didn't want to park that just anywhere either. And uh, they showed up, and they wanted to take my vitals, and they felt like I was cogent enough to drive to the hospital and gave me directions. Uh, I went uh, about 15 minutes further down the road to St. Joseph's Hospital in Reading, Pennsylvania, and uh, the doctor came in. I was sat on the table there for about four hours or so. The doctor comes in and says, All right, we're going to have to admit you overnight. I'm like, overnight? Huh. You mean, like, overnight? <laughs> <laughs> And uh, so you'll probably be here for a few days. I'm like, seriously? Mm. And uh, the surgeon comes in. He cuts the stitches open. He says, this is going to hurt. And you know, he starts squeezing all around it to push yeah. the pus and stuff out. And I'm just like, <laughs> 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 And he says, you can hate me if you want. And I said, uh, I said no, but you know, do what you need to do. And, and he said, you're a really good patient. And I'm like, this doesn't make it hurt less. Yeah, give me something to bite on. <laughs> and, uh, and then, and then he says, uh, "Well, we probably won't be able to get the surgery until later, so this is absolutely necessary." And I, I agree with him. I guess. But he said, "I'm going to prescribe you some morphine." She comes in. She says, "Would you like morphine now?" I said, "No, but I need a minute to breathe." You know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a few minutes later, she comes in. Would you like morphine now? No, okay. Now. As long as he doesn't come back in and do that again. And uh, mm. so, yeah. Uh, then they wanted to give me all kinds of stuff to put me down for the surgery, and I said, "Well, what's the least invasive?" And it's like, "Well, we can we can stick it in your spine and just numb the bottom half." And I was like, "An epidural? Like that sounds scary." No. Is, are you sure that's the least invasive? And he's like, "Yep, that's the least. We can, yeah, the least thing we can do." And I was like, "All right, let's do that one." No I way, man! Epidural. I would have took the anesthesia. <laughs> yeah, our wife had an epidural for the, our second child, so I was kind of feeling that kinship like you know okay i'll get to experience the same thing she did mm-hmm. uh boy they stuck me in it and i was just sitting there okay <laughs> 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 and uh, we'll back up a little bit later and the doctor's sitting there so i had to cauterize some of the tissue i removed a little bit of muscle that was necrotic and i mm. uh, or 
with me. Like, all right, yeah, it's just, it's medicine. And so <laughs> I'll be in the morning. When <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was a wild ride. And then, you know, to put on IV antibiotics, broad spectrum, because they didn't know what all I had. Mm. Um, eventually came back, I had two different staph infections. Oh, wow. And then another, like a cilia bacteria. And um, so I've got two days left of uh, the oral antibiotics, and then I'm off of them. The doctors cleared me and said, you know, I don't, I don't think you need to take any more antibiotics after that. Just, you know, see this through, and you look great, and keep doing what you're doing. That's crazy. So how many days were you in the hospital? So I was in the hospital um, from Monday uh, morning. So that, that was Sunday night and then Monday morning. Um, and so the race had just been the day before. Um, Monday morning, I went in at like 10.30 is when I walked into the ER. It was a long walk from me into the parking lot. Huh. Um, and then um, I, they ended up, they wanted to keep me for like three or four more days. But they ended up releasing me on Thursday, um, which was a godsend. I got to stay with um, some more OCR friends from the crew um, that were just super gracious. And uh, they lived very close. So we stayed the night there. And I got a full eight hours of sleep because I don't know if anybody knows this, but you you can't sleep in a hospital. They wake you up all the time. (laughs) I'm in here to check your vitals. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And then they, you know, they were putting me on IVs, so I had, I was tethered all the time to an IV. Um, and so, yeah, yeah. I got real excited the second day I could, like, stand up on my, on my leg, and it wasn't painful anymore for the swelling. Wow. And so I started doing some, like, yoga stuff and, like, balancing just to see <laughs> how much I had, and that was stupid a mistake. That leg swelled up first time to seven. No. <laughs> I was like, uh, so I spent the whole rest of that day with it in the air, just pumping my my heel. <laughs> oh, man. But uh, it's been a learning experience, the whole thing. Oh, um, sure. But every time the doctors look at it, they're just like, that's the most beautiful beefy red wound I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> so are you like having to pack it and everything until it heals all the way out? Yeah, so in fact, when he first did the surgery, he had to remove some muscle tissue that created some tunneling in my, so he had to like snip away a muscle strand that was uh, on, on my uh, front of my calf. Uh, so if, if you picture from the knee and come down about three inches and then over about two inches, that's where I've got about a two inch in diameter hole. That was about a centimeter or so deep. Mm. Um, and then I had some tunneling that went about two and a half centimeters in where he had removed some of that muscle tissue. And I had to pack that with gauze and then pack the wound with gauze. Uh, luckily, last Saturday, that hole, that tunneling hole, finally filled in completely. Ooh. So that made it easy. So if, you don't, if you don't keep packing it with gauze, it'll create a void in there. Mm-hmm. And you can get an infection and all kinds of problems. Yeah. Yeah, I got a yeah, similar right. infection like that on my hand once, but I'm, it was way easier to take care yeah, of than a leg wound for sure. Yeah, it's scary stuff. It's scary stuff. I mean, um, I, I, I finally, you know, they suggested I walk around and, and everything like that. And for the first few days, I, I couldn't stand on it. Wow. Um, and then now I'll, I'll go for, I'll go for like a half mile walk. And it's just, uh, well, when I first started, I guess last week, I'd do a half mile walk and I could take a nap for half an hour to recover. Mm. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, there's a big difference. 
I'm sure it'll come back fast once you get totally healed. I'm sure it will. So I'm 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 very optimistic about that. I don't, I don't think it's really going to be a problem. Right. So. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Have you started getting hospital bills yet? <laughs> no, not the first one yet. But we're going to see. Huh. So I, I sent a letter to Tough Mudder just explaining, hey, you know, I got injured uh, at the event. I, I really hate for for anybody to to have to worry about you know finding a piece of construction material in an obstacle. Right. You know, mud pit like that it's, it's really scary um, and my wife has basically said you can't run any more tough mudders and you're going to have to do something about the world's toughest and I'm like that's hard <laughs> mm. I don't know <laughs> and, yeah. um, and so yeah mm. so coming back to if if you did it all over again would you still do the race knowing the outcome would I do it again knowing that I'd, I'd damage my leg and have to miss Palmerton and maybe West Virginia and maybe breaks and all the other races I have? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I... I mean, it, it was a, it's a fun race. I really like the, the, the Tough Mudders. Right. I, I think it was very unfortunate that that I you know, found that piece of wood in there. Yeah. Um, oh, the second lap when I came through, um, I... I stopped in that third pit and just kind of felt around my hand and, and grabbed it. And then I pulled it out of the mud, threw it off to the side. I found out it was a two by four. And I was like, oh, oh you stupid piece of you know, <laughs> Oh, yeah. Threw that off. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, so the, yeah. And you know, it, if that weren't, wouldn't have happened, it would have been a fantastic race. And yeah. I don't know what a, what, how it would have ended up. And it's no shame to Tough Mudder because there was a Spartan race we went to and I remember them closing half of one of the rolling mud pits because they found some wire in it. I can't remember exactly which race it was. I want to say it was either one of the the Carolina race or maybe the Lake Lanier race. I can't remember, but I remember the pit being closed on half of it because they found some wire in it before, so... I mean, these things happen. You I can know. see that happen. Um, I guess the other, I guess the other uh, kind of uh, bad recipe to it all is they had already had a race there that morning, yeah. and um, we were heading out that evening. And when you're in the front of the pack, you don't slow down That's like right. for anything. <laughs> and so, um, you know, you hit an obstacle like that, you're not going to take it easy. And you're like, "Oh, I found a piece of wood. No, throw that out." <laughs> um, you just going to be charging and, and you can find something like that you're going to hit it and it's going to hurt and you know that's so that's super unfortunate mm. um but yeah i mean it's it's just one of those things i guess yeah i mean it, but, it, um, it happens i mean i mean there's probably nice i guess there's a way we can you know dredge that stuff out you know they, they have the pre-race uh runners that run the race maybe we should just have somebody uh you know, comb back and forth in the mud pits just to make sure there isn't junk down in it. Yeah, I mean, exposed. and you got to think, too, that pit's so wide, if a pre-runner did go through there, I mean, they could have possibly missed it and not even seen it or failed but it. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, have a have someone, instead of, you have a pre-runner, but you also have somebody that just goes and checks the obstacle, particularly the mm. mud ones that are unseen stuff under the water and just kind of, but even then, you know, they, they can miss something, too. So. 
Yeah, and it, that's that's oh. that's one cool thing about not being in like the lead when you come to the water, <laughs> because you can see somebody in front of you, and when you see them go in the water, you can already kind of like judge how deep it is and how like either you can jump in it and you know or how fast you can hit it, you know. Yeah, you, you get surprises sometimes in the water yep. for sure. All um, with the Virginia race at Ar- uh, Arrington. Um, I think it was the first year they did it, not last year or the year before. Yeah. Um, the, the third mud pit, you know, you hit the top of it and you just jump in. But I jumped in that third one and it just came up shallow. I was like, oh, and it yeah. was hard. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah. So, and I know uh, a buddy of mine, Dan West, that's a Spartan Edge, uh, he, he ended up hurting his leg doing that same thing, jumping in that same spot. Yeah. Um, and he had a big wrap around his leg for a, quite a while. Yeah. Yeah. After I after I jumped in a couple of them, thinking they were going to be deep, and they weren't, but like a foot deep, I was like, okay, it's time to just start taking my time a little bit going through these. (laughs) Yeah, it's really hard when you're fighting for yeah for half seconds. Yeah. You know when you get I don't know. It's it's just there's it's you know. You worry about some things sometimes, like you're running along the course. This course is at, you know, starts at midnight, and I'm like, well, there's a good chance I can slip or trip, or you know, there's rocks all over the place. There's yeah, I heard that place was pretty technical. Can... Was it? Was it hard yeah, to? Yeah. I mean, I've done Ragnar and run at night, but there's no obstacles on that. So how how was it? You know, maneuvering obstacles in the dark with a headlamp was it easy to do? Or? Uh, well. So I I, um, I did some research before I ran, and um, I uh, Ryan Atkins suggested having at least a 300 lumen headlamp. I got a 350 uh, right. black diamond, and um, it worked great. Um, I just had it on high beam pretty much the whole time, and um, and and I I also tend to to do a lot of you know uh, technical stuff in hills and, and woods are my my thing. Right. Um, I really enjoy running through the woods, uh, and and uh, I did some dark running before just to kind of get mentally prepared for it. Um, so it, it's a bit dicey like, when you're going through sections. You're like, oh, this is hmm, it's a little trouble through here. But um, but all in all, I didn't have any real issues. Um, yeah, I, I rarely do anyway. But um, you yeah, know, no no ankle issues, no no none of that. And, yeah, there's some sticks and stuff that you're just like, oh, that's a close call. Uh, almost get skewered by stuff, but um, it, you can't prepare for stuff that you can't see. Yeah. And so that's where the, the mud pit got me. Hmm. But uh, but yeah, um, it was a bit technical. It was um, it was kind of like a, a very hilly version of the South Carolina beast. Hmm. <laughs> right. So, um, it, but with with some more rocks exposed, I guess, because it had a, 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 quite a few sections that just had um, rocks in it. So. Um, but yeah, it was, um, I mean, all in all, it, it was a neat race. Uh, I still have so much of an affinity for Spartan uh, race. Um, a lot of people complain about, you know, the, they don't have a lot of changing obstacles every year. Um, I still want to do a savage race because they look like a ton of fun. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm booked to do one in fall in Atlanta, so I'm looking forward to it too. Nice. 
Yeah, I've been yeah, tossing around the idea of doing uh, World's Toughest Mudder just because it's coming to Atlanta, but now that they've announced that Carolina Ultra, it's kind of swayed my oh, way that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. That's cheaper, and I've already got the pass, so, you know, you get 55% off, so I'm probably going to go that route. Yeah, yeah. I might go to World's Toughest yeah. and spectate, you know, just hang out, see what it's all about. This- yeah, this whole thing obviously has, has changed my season entirely. I was super stoked to run the mountain season, uh, right. the mountain series that Spartan had, and try to compete for you know cash winnings. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm not going to be able to make it to run Palmerton this weekend. I hope to be there just to um, just to hang. But I don't know if, if I'll be able to drive up. It's, uh, yeah. Or not. But um, well, if it makes you feel any better, I know Ryan Woods is going because I talked to him a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> so okay he'll probably take that well, race <laughs> yeah yeah he might he's, he's a fast little guy yeah he is he's um he's, he's uh he's one of the super athletes um i remember the first time i, I, I saw him was uh when he won the, the carolina uh the beast and i was like man where did this guy come from um and then i think that was where i'm yeah but I've, I've never been a runner anyway i've, I've just kind of been gradually sliding into the into the, the top spaces and um and so it's been really great being on the boards and, and getting to see your name up there and and uh you know getting edging closer to the podium it's uh super super exciting i've, I've made podium only one time and that was the time trials oh. uh, in Asheville last year and that's, um, that's pretty impressive that was a stacked uh heat there for that too yeah, Tyler, um, I had a good chance against um, Tyler and and, um, and, and Shane um, as, as well, but the, um, the the trouble I had was uh, I, I, I didn't know how this whole, like, multiple attempts thing was going to work out. And yeah. Then uh, they, they both touched the twister and did dot the, the uh, um, carry instead. Right. Uh, of doing the twister, and I was like, oh, that seems like a cop out. And so I went ahead and tried to do the twister, and I got to the last one, and I was like, oh, I couldn't reach. Oh, the man. And I had to go do a penalty thing and ended up third. <laughs> hey, that's still pretty good, even though you went through it and yeah. still had to do the penalty, you know. It was Caleb Rounds. I don't know why I said it. James' yeah. brother. But, um, yeah, Tyler McCready. Speaking of uh, speaking beast. of penalties, what did you think about like the penalty laps at Tough Mudder? Were you did you like that better than doing say burpees and all? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I didn't have any fails. Oh wow! I hear you. <laughs> Wounded yeah. and didn't fail jack shit. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, it was funny. The race director, because um, we were kind of quibbling about. Um, you know, the distance or whatever and after and I was like well how far was I supposed to go because I've got 30 whatever on my watch and uh, and and he said oh well it, you know it's probably because of your fails and all and I was like well I didn't have any <laughs> you had no fails I was like yeah and he says that's probably because of those biceps and it's like no it's the forearm <laughs> did you say it's because I'm a Spartan bitch <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah <laughs> Yeah. 
So what have you been doing uh, to like uh, Im- improve your grip? I mean, l- let my six listeners know uh, some good grip exercises. <laughs> <laughs> so um, for, for grip strength, um, a lot of people will do just dead hangs and they like that. Um, I, I actually uh, like to do a couple of other things. Um, one is just clenching my fists um, or gripping my steering wheel. I do a lot of driving, and so that can help. Right. Um, but the other thing I do is I've got kettlebells, uh, a couple 40-pound kettlebells, and um, I'll do some pull-ups and then just do a dead hang and grab my kettlebells and go out for a couple of miles and um, talk about some forearm burning. Oh, yeah, um, I can imagine. Yeah, so... <laughs> um, yeah, so that, that'll that'll super tax uh, the forearms, and oh, yeah. then you know, you'll have to stop and set them down and clench your fists a little bit and pick them back up and yeah. just keep rolling. See, I kind of I kind of do that. I've got one forty five pound kettlebell and I've got one thirty pound kettlebell. So what I'll do is I'll just walk around and when the hand gets tired carrying the forty five, I'll switch them. So you you're what would probably work too is just a couple of cheap sandbags. Yeah, you put sand in them and then just grab the hold them. You know, hold the top of them and start walking. It, yeah, it'd be similar to like uh, towel gripping, which yeah. is another thing I do occasionally. I throw a towel over my uh, over my pull up bar, right, and just uh, hang from that, and I do pull ups and stuff. But yeah, how are you? How do you do uh, your uh, dead hangs? You just do your dead hangs to fail, or in so many rounds, or I, I don't. Yeah, I don't do a lot of uh, like yeah, how long can I hang thing. Um, I just do it in moderation. Right. Um, and the reason for that is, uh, if I know that if I just do like a dead hang until I fail and then I get up and do it again, which I've done before, I'm just taxed for days, and I'm yeah. like, this is not healthy. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I, I I tend to to do it more in moderation. Um. I also have like a like a half inch um, nylon rope that I hang around my pull-up bar, lay on my back, yeah. and climb up and down that. Um, and I use it like, I guess, the TRX straps or whatever, but I just do a lot of different types of um, pull-ups, and then I'll lay the other way and do arm extensions out, hmm. like for core work. Um, and then I'll, I'll have my hands next to my head doing push-ups, and then I'll stick them up over my head, and then I'll you know pull my body up that way, and just a variety of different angles and, and whatnot. I, I like to do full range of motion exercises. Right. Um, so, and a lot of just body weight stuff. Um, the only heavy weight exercises I really do um, is I've got some rocks. And I, I pick the rocks up and uh, I, I toss them over my shoulder or I um, chuck them like a shot putt kind of thing. Hmm. Um, and I've, I've got... Uh, a couple of rocks that I just I can barely lift up. Um, so it's kind of like a deadlift. But um, yeah. some strong man competition shit, huh? Yeah. <laughs> hey Chad, well, I trimmed down. I, I used to have a lot of muscle weight. I actually had to lose a lot of muscle weight. Um, so I mentioned that I was two fifteen when I graduated high school. I know. I want to see uh, a picture of that five. man. Yeah, I was two of five when I started um, my first Spartan race. And now I'm hovering around 180, 185. Dang. And a lot of that is, is leg muscle weight. Um, I trimmed down my um, my slow twitch muscle fibers and traded them in. Oh, I hear you. 
I just need to get rid of all of my like cake and donut and pizza fat, and I think I'll be doing good. Well, every time you want one, just say, I don't need a carrot. <laughs> yeah, that always works. Because <laughs> carrots are delicious, yeah, right? The flawless plan. Now, if you're talking about carrot cake, I'm down. That, that works. Yeah. <laughs> That's a swap opportunity I can do. I'll swap you're, birthday you're cake for carrot cake. I can do that. Yeah. Well, hey, man, we're getting close to an hour here, but I've always got a couple of questions I always like to ask. Um, uh-huh. So, to this point, what has been your favorite race and why? Uh, um, I that's a really tough question. Um, maybe, maybe New Jersey, my first ultra beast. Um, I really, really enjoy the New Jersey, um, uh, uh, race out there. And, um, that was my, my first ultra beast. I ended up getting like the 10th fastest time. Um, was that, was, was that 2016? That was 2016. Yeah. Okay. That was my first ultra too. Yeah. I was way behind you. I think I was like thirty eighth or something. Yeah, I think I think I finished it like seven seven something, seven thirty, maybe. Yeah, I was like ten. I think I was like right at ten hours. <laughs> yeah, I really love the mountains over there. Um, That's a great course. I love that place. <clears throat> it was a fun ultra this year. You totally missed out. I did. I did. Um, and then you know. I, it, 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 that whole thing is um, I was doing great I was doing really good and then at about mile 11 my bottom dropped out I did not have enough uh, carbohydrates right. my nutrition mm. uh, the day before I kept telling myself this is not an ultra this is not an ultra don't eat to not, don't eat too much and right. I didn't eat enough mm. <laughs> yeah, I, I usually yeah. always binge eat I don't even care if it's a sprint <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's fine, though. I mean, yeah, that, that's the time to binge. If you're going to eat, just yeah. everything, yeah, you know, do it, do it uh, two days before the race, you're mm-hmm. building up, that's, that's the time to do it. So, and, that and... That and right after. Yeah, especially right after. So, what would be your worst race today, or the race you, like, hated the most, and why? And we might Oh, have... that's even tougher. I don't know if I hated any races that bad or maybe a race um, that was the hardest race for you well you know i that's that's a mixed bag because like the tahoe that second mile or that second loop going out and having only half a lung yeah i hated that feeling of not being able to go right i i really that was terrible having to stop and, and rest um that was awful but all the, all in all i i really at the end of the day, ended up enjoying it all, but I've really hated that aspect of it. Oh, I imagine. I've got I've got asthma, so if I could only imagine that that was probably pretty, and you know, pretty, it probably sucked pretty bad and was probably pretty frightening too at the same time. Yeah, yeah, it was it was wild seeing everybody just kind of roll by me all of a sudden, just like, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, yeah. man. So here's my last question. What's the funniest or craziest or wildest thing that's ever happened or you ever saw during a race? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, 
you see all sorts of things all the time. Um, I mean, some of the greatest things I've ever seen were, you know, like wounded warriors and stuff yeah. these guys you know, carrying their buddies oh, yeah. um, through, through the races. I remember the first time I kind of ran into something strange. There's a fella carrying a backpack full of bricks on wintergreen, and I'm like, what are you doing? That's insane. <laughs> <laughs> the other funny, I guess the other funny one was, uh, I guess, in Atlanta. We're running at the Atlanta race, and I think it was a sprint, maybe a super. Yeah. I think it was a sprint. And um, and I see it all the time now, but it was the first time that I'd seen just a couple of college boys with, like, these, like, two-gallon backpacks full of water. <laughs> like, what are you guys doing? You know? Oh, for a sprint? Are going to be running all day? <laughs> But they had, you know, regular street tennis shoes on. I could tell this is their oh, first yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I there remember... was a guy down in the Florida race who wore um, some cut-off shorts that were jeans, jean shorts. Jean shorts. Cut, I've like, seen... I don't know if like, I've seen that like, guy, but I've seen dude. people do that. That's <laughs> crazy. I remember the first time, like, I did my first super, I wore a a hydration pack and I'd actually my first I did a beast before I did a super and I remember doing the super with a hydration pack and my first super was at Asheville and I said I don't know if I really need this so I wore it just in case but I tried to survive on just the the water stations alone and uh-huh. so that was a good test you know I mean you got it if you need it but so yeah well, the way I train now is I do like I do this nine mile loop around my house, and I and I, I always do it without water. Right. Um, and I don't drink. I really don't hydrate before either. It might be bad for my kidney. <laughs> yeah. It is. It is a real test to see if, you know, how far you can push and run. You right. know, at, at good capacity and still not need hydration. But yes, yeah, like you said, um, you, you don't know what you can do until you try it, you know. And I used to always uh-huh. think, well, man, I, I would train and just, I'd run half marathons. No, I wasn't running at, you know, race pace, but I would run a half over, you know, two hours and I wouldn't drink anything. So, you know, you know, you figure out what your body can do when you're training, you know. And I test everybody to do that. That way you're not going to a sprint with a, you know, a hundred ounce uh, camelback, you know. <laughs> well, it's different too. Like if you're going to go at a slower pace, you almost need more water. Yeah. Um, because it, particularly when it's hot out. Oh yeah. Um, because you'll dehydrate much much quicker. Um, you're just sitting there baking in the sun. Yeah. Um, you typically when I run a, a sprint or a super, even a beast, um, I just stop at the water stations, get a cup. Yeah, suck that's it down, the second cup, pour it on my head, and I go. Yeah, I didn't even carry a hydration pack for the first loop of the ultra. I, I, I shouldered one on the second lap and, and which I'm I'm glad I did and I started feeling kinda crappy and I and I was wondering now is this because I didn't hydrate enough on the first lap possibly? Calories. Yeah, or it could have been calories too. Um but uh it, it could probably a combination. I, I think yeah, so. You, you, you gotta keep the fluids and the and the calories in for longer races like that. Um, I'll tell you what I did on my first, uh, ultra beast. I went and bought some, um, oh, what the syrup? I forgot the name of it now. Um, anyway, it, it was just like a syrup, um, agave. That's what it was. Agave oh, oh, yeah. Kind of like honey. Kind of. 
Yeah, it's like honey, man. Um, my first fifty k, I ran with one thing, like half honey, half water, uh, just because calories. You know? Right. And a simple way to convert calories to use, and so I was just drinking that. Um, so yeah, it was just a mix of agave and water. That's not a bad idea. Uh, yeah, no, well, it, it's really all you need. You know, the body just needs something to burn. Yeah. Um, so it needs those carbs. Um, and that's fast absorption carbs there too. Yeah, yeah. Especially when it's diluted with water. <laughs> mm. So Palmerton's this weekend, man, and I'm going up there. You got any tips or pointers? I know you've been there a couple times. Yeah, um, I've been there, I guess, three, three times now. Um, I love Palmerton. It's a fantastic course. Um, hopefully you've, you've, you've been working on your hills and uh, your heavy carries. Yeah, that double sandbag. <laughs> well, see, man, and, um, and I'm I'm sure they they probably will have a double sandbag, but I'm running age group, and if they do double sandbags for elite and age group, they're going to run out of bags. It's only a matter of time because well, there there's two heats for my age bracket alone. For thirty to thirty nine, there's a eight o'clock heat and a eight fifteen heat. So that lets you know how many people you're in a you're in a strong heat. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. So it, um it's gonna shock me if they have double sandbags for both classes because I mean they gotta know they're gonna run out. How can you I mean it, it, it doesn't well, make I any sense. I think the elites the elites would probably be done uh through them before. But I don't know. I mean <laughs> So Asheville last year was wild. They, that it was, was an awesome. area in which they had double sandbags. Yeah. And I got there in you know the top thirty or forty, and I grabbed my uh, double sandbags, and I got toward the end. And as I'm throwing mine down, the uh, the, the the volunteer uh, guy who was there, um, they're like, "I oh, just grab one, grab one." I'm like, "No, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've talked to I've talked to several people involved in Spartan that are that are on that end of things and they, they said oh that's never happening again <laughs> oh yeah and then, yeah. It, and then it happened in Palmerton <laughs> but yeah because oh. I was because you were throwing your bag down at that race and I was right up there at the turn and the first person come running around everybody with that one bag and then there's no way I'd have been that guy if I'd only picked up one bag I would have stayed behind the last person that left with two bags because I wasn't going to be that jerk that ran around everybody else carrying one when they're carrying two. That's funny. That's like cutting yeah. in front of line at somebody at the DMV, you know, or the driver's license office or whatever. <laughs> so, last year at, um, at uh, Palmerton, I wasn't as fast as I am this year, um, but uh, say uh, spinning, she came rolling by me downhill at the last couple miles. And I, I just kept pace with her, uh, almost to the finish line. But, uh, <laughs> she is a downhill monster. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was just trucking along, thought I was going fast. And, yeah. <laughs> what the, what? <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, um, just a lot of hills there. Um, make sure that, make sure that you, uh, you hit that spear. Oh yeah, what about that ape hanger obstacle? Right I've never done hill. that before. What's it like? What's that? 
that ape hanger obstacle. I've never done that. Is it pretty oh, hard? Oh, you've never done the ape hanger? Nope. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so the ape hanger starts off, you just wade in the water, you climb up rope, and then you, um, it's got thin little, like, aluminum uh, uh, bars for hold. Yeah. Uh, when, you get, when you get to the very top, go. you're going to have to extend your, your uh, arm, your shoulder yeah. up so you can reach to the top and then swing out. Uh, to reach across. That's going to be the toughest part. Once you get past that part, it's just downhill, literally. Right. It swoops down. And then, um, you know, make sure that, make sure that you keep moving. You know that. Right. Um, so keep momentum going. Think about it. Yeah, just, just keep going across. Just, if you stop, you're just going to be taxing yourself to hang there. Yeah. It doesn't just look that hard, it. but it does look like a pretty long obstacle to where you're going to be on your grip for a little while. Well, it is toward the end of the race. Um, I've I've never failed it, but um, a lot of people have. Right. Um, so you know, uh, you know, don't don't think it's it's chump change, but um, but just you know, just keep going, don't stop. Um, which is true for for any hanging obstacle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> don't think about it too much. Well, shoot. Well, hey man, I really appreciate you taking the time to. Sit down and talk with us, Chad, man, and I hope you heal up quickly, man. Are you going to go to Palmerton? Yeah, me too. Um, well, I hope, I hope to come up uh, just to hang, so I might see you there. Um, I, I'm really excited about, uh, I've got a, a Brakes 40-mile race that's coming up uh, here in a couple months. I'm hoping to get to that. I might be able to go to West Virginia. I don't know. Um, Surely you'll be ready for West, West Virginia, Virginia I would think. I don't know. I hope so. Um, that breaks 40 is a 40 mile race. It's called the, uh, Grand Canyon of the South. Oh, wow. thousand feet of elevation. Good Lord. <laughs> it's going to be brutal. Oh yeah. Um, but I'm really excited about that. Me and, uh, Jason are going to run that. Oh, that'll yeah, be fun. So, um, I hope that I can see you at Palmerton. If not, I'll see you in West Virginia for sure. Heck yeah, man. Well, Hey, thanks for talking to us, Chad, man. We'll talk to you later, bro. Thanks for having me on. Later. Hope you enjoyed the interview. I want to thank Chad again for taking the time to uh, let me interview him. Uh, I'm sure you heard about us talking about the Carolina Ultra. I think that's going to be a really cool race. I don't know if any of y'all run Spartanburg last year, but to me, it was a fun venue. Some people did not like it because of all the briars. I mean, will it be a good ultra? I don't know, but I'm going to find out because I plan on doing it. Uh, I'll be in Palmerton this weekend. Uh, me and my buddy Michael will be there. If you see me there, come up to me and say, hey, what's up? I love talking to people that uh, are listeners. Uh, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Leave us a review on uh, iTunes. Tell us how much we suck. I love it. We'll see you at the next race. Peace.